Hello, this is Standard Definition, the retro nostalgia podcast here on the Boss Rush Network, where each and every Monday we come together with our friends from around the internet to talk about games, movies, shows, and other topics that make us nostalgic. I'm your host, Stephanie, for the classic animated Disney branch of Standard Definition. We all know that we can't have that nostalgia podcast without recording episodes um, covering Disney. Uh, We will be reviewing them in release order, starting from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, all the way to The Princess and the Frog in 2009. I'm joined by my awesome co-hosts, Corey Derrick and Mark Pereira. Hello. Hello. Hi. Just seemed like minutes before i talk to you guys nope it's been a whole month it's been ages yeah ish i'm excited about about uh this episode today we're talking about 101 dalmatians i don't know about you guys yeah uh yeah 101 of them them little white spotted dogs and another timeless uh villain but before we do that, I got some housekeeping items. Do you like what you hear? You could support us and get the show two weeks early by heading over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash boss rush network, or subscribe to free feeds. We love you regardless. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. We genuinely appreciate it because it helps with discoverability. If you like us, you know, tell a friend, you know? Uh, anyway, you can also catch all of our content on YouTube and on BossRush.net. Speaking of BossRush.net, we also have a link to our merch store where you can get amazing shirts, stickers, all this other awesome stuff like a mouse pad, whatever you need for the office um, with our logos of various shows, including Standard Definition. Um, there's a really nice Disney one, which has like the Disney I don't know, um, font, I guess, if you want to yes. call it that. So that's kind of it, other than giving our Patreon um, producers a shout-out, Corey, if you could do me the honor. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, If you, like uh, Stephanie said, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Network for a dollar. You get early access to four separate shows, just like this one. But if you subscribe at the $5 tier, you become a Patreon producer. What does that mean? It means you get early access plus your name shouted out during this segment of this podcast as well as others across the Boss Rush Network. So, without further ado, our Patreon producers for this episode are Adriel Munger, Celeste Roberts, my wife, Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. I want to thank all of our Patreon producers. I want to thank all of our patrons, and I want to thank all of our free listeners. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, a uh, quick reminder to leave us a five-star rating and a nice review. It really helps the discoverability. really helps people find the show, and uh, we would really like people to find the show. So please check it out. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everyone in between. <laughs> Tell your mom. Yeah, the, the, at least, you know, m- most of the standard deaf stuff is parent-friendly and kid-friendly, right? I would say uh, most of it is. Well, the Disney yeah. one. It's good, clean, fun, right, guys? Good, clean, yeah. fun. That's right. Uh, anyway, all right, let's let's get started. Let's not wait any uh, more. What is 101 Dal- Dalmatians? Does anyone give a cra- uh, want to give a crack at a one sentence summary <laughs> th- of it? I thought you were going to say, does anybody give a crap about 100? <laughs> 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 well, cr- uh, a crazy fur wearing lady gives a crap about skinning hundreds of little puppies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call call Peta. Yeah. Yeah, call Peter. Uh, crazy design lady finds new design and needs to skin puppies for design. Crashes car. <laughs> Falls in poop. <laughs> I think that's a live action one. <laughs> is that canon? Oh, that is a live action one. Right. <laughs> uh, Dr. House uh, and Mr. Weasley are her uh, minions. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um. I don't have a better description than those two. I think those are 
That's what aces. Oh, we got Mark's stamp of approval. Perfect. Ooh, we're improving. It only took us 11 yeah. episodes. episodes. You, you guys, you made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But really, Where, are what we, is what, we, what is a, what is Mark's minion's name? By the way, is it a Perarian? <laughs> are we Perarians? Perarians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that works. Perarians. I'm a yeah. proud Perarian. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna make shirts. Proud <gasps> Perarian. Ooh, can you make them in child sizes too, so I can give them to my kids? Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> Yes, Corey's gonna be up all night designing that now. You're right. I am. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> do you want it in Disney font or do you want it in some sort of like fun, weird font? Fun, weird font. Okay. I mean, no. Go to sleep is what I want. But also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So while Corey's working on that logo, what really <laughs> is 101 Dalmatians? When a litter of Dalmatian puppies are abducted by the minions of Cruella de Vil, the owners must find them before she uses them for a diabolical fashion statement. Ooh. Pretty much exactly what we've been saying, but that's just, I, I think it's IMDb. Anyway, 101 Dalmatians was released January 25th in 1961. We're now in the 60s era of Disney films. Runtime is 79 minutes. The budget... Um, 3.6 million and i kind of touched upon this on our last episode with sleeping beauty the budget for sleeping beauty was 6 million all right and sleeping beauty bo initial box off or sleeping beauty's box office for us and canada was 51.6 million well 101 oh, wow. dalmatians was 303 million uh so wow. i just yeah wanted to point that out um you know even though sleeping beauty is a highly rated and and valued movie it just was not a financial success um so i wanted to highlight those numbers and even more fun facts if we want to adjust for inflation and incorporating subsequent releases the 101 dalmatian film has a lifetime gross of 900.3 million dollars that's insane right uh and then rotten tomatoes uh 98 based on 52 reviews and an average score of 8.2 out of 10 safe to say this is a pretty successful movie all around um there was as you know mark and Corey alluded to there was a live action remake in 1996 uh famously starring glenn close um i thought it was a wonderful Disney adaptation, um, still to this day, really high up there compared to the other ones. Agreed. Um, let's see, I believe there was a sequel to the live action one, 102 yep. Dalmatians, which I did not see. Did you guys see that? Yeah, it was, I mean, it's more of the same, but it's okay. uh, you can't beat Glenn Close just having a ball being a villain. So I think it's, I mean, it's not as good as the first one, but it's it's in the same vein for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't there also a recent movie where they just did yes. on Cruella? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Cruella came out, I think, in 2020, maybe 2021. Um, Emma Stone was Cruella. It was kind of a, a prequel. It's not related to the other live action ones, but it's kind of the birth of Cruella. And and just I think 101 Dalmatians is the property, like the golden property at Disney. 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close is really, really good and ranks as one of the top, in my opinion, Disney live-action adaptations. And Cruella might be in the top three for me. I just saw it for this rewatch, and it's like, it's so good. It's really, really good. Um, the the they, if I can just digress for a minute onto this movie, like they hired actual fashion designers to style the movie and because it's Cruella is a fashion designer in this movie as well um and the the fashion is incredible the 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 acting is really good the I mean it, just the music the, the soundtrack it's you know it's it's in the 1970s in London so um it's like a really really good movie I really enjoyed it nice well I think it's it's you know, important to talk about that because we did 
talk about the movie Maleficent when we talked about Sleeping Beauty and how they kind of created a back, a different kind of backstory for how Maleficent became to be. And she's kind of, she is um, an iconic villain. So in Cruella, what was kind of her backstory, how she came to be? It's funny. They made fun of it a lot when this came out, but <laughs> basically her mom is killed by Dalm- Dalmatians <laughs> is the really, really simplified version of it. That's really not like what really she what eat? happens. But like what she like? No, she 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 falls off a cliff because some Dalmatians are chasing her. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but that gets into spoiler territory. But that's kind of it was made fun of a lot because of that. But um, what I really liked about Cruella was that they didn't, they, they did for Maleficent. They tried to like this this trend these days to kind of humanize and to sympathize villains. Mm-hmm. They they didn't so they did a little bit with Cruella, but like the whole point of the movie, the character of Cruella was really a character named Estella. And she always, as a young kid, battled this other kind of personality. Not that she had multiple personalities, but like when she was bad, her mom would call her Cruella. And so the movie is about her embracing her Cruella side. Um, And kind of, it's a little bit of like a superhero origin movie, but she's not a superhero. She's a villain. Anyway, um, they, they don't, they don't, they do some things to try to give some, to contextualize the choices that she makes, but the end of the movie is like very much she's deciding to be this bad guy and she wants like if they're not redeeming the character really. So I thought that that was a really nice, um, a nice take these days when the the current trend is just to really try to humanize and, and sympathize all these villains. So it's I I highly 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 recommend uh, Corella and for that case uh, 101 and 102. Dalmatians. I do not recommend 101 Dalmatians Patches London Adventure. Why not? Yeah, that that was the the Disney animated sequel. Animated sequel yeah. Right. Mm. Gross. Unfortunately, but it's okay. We just you won't know, direct to DVD or whatever you want to call. Are we gonna right. are we gonna do a spinoff show of this of just the direct to DVD sequels? Oh no. my gosh, that would be amazing. You know what I would love. Is because they canceled all of those. Like there was a time when they were just pumping those out. Like everything got a. And then they, and then Disney and, Channel had all the animated shows. Like they had like an Emperor's yes. New Groove prequel that was yeah, in like, school. school. Right. And which was actually really good. Um, yeah, I guess that was but, a bad example. But like Timon and Pumbaa yes. had their own show. Aladdin had his own show. Like right. they all had their own shows. It's like stop. <laughs> which like I would love an alternate universe where that continued, and so we're getting like Ratatouille. Ratatouille and like you know yeah. Wally two and you know the Good Dinosaur the prequel and like I would I just would like all this trash Disney there's just something I mean they are kind of doing that with Disney really Plus though about. right with like Monsters at Work and but those have all been really good yeah there's like there's like some there's significant they are expanding like they are following that path but they're putting a lot of money and work into it yeah like, that like, cars um, one's coming out soon right but like the cars one has owen wilson and larry the cable guy and it's the same well except for john lasseter but it's the same like mm-hmm. creative team and so th- they're putting some care into it it's not just bastardizing it like you yeah. know hunchback of notre dame too right? yeah, oh so. my gosh ah, so painful <laughs> how do you take Sorry, in my opinion, the best Disney film, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Whoa, that's make... a hot take. Oh, it's a it's a great movie. movie. I haven't seen it's that a... movie in probably twenty years. I can't wait. I mean, I'm sorry, this is about 101 Dalmatians, but I was raised Catholic, and I'm not Catholic anymore. But like, I love Catholicism, and the just that movie is just the pinnacle of disney the, for me the music gives me goosebumps anyway music visuals characters store everything i love it anyway how do you take the best disney movie and then make the worst disney sequel it's like what were they smoking then anyway 100 world Dalmatians is a great movie amen <laughs> um pulled some uh fun facts um so 
how did this come to be? Uh, someone named Dodie Smith wrote a book called The 101 Dalmatians in 1956. And Walt Disney read it, loved it, and in typical Disney fashion, uh, obtained the rights. Although it was revealed that Dodie had always secretly hoped that Disney would make it into a film. So win-win. So congratulations to them. Um, but uh, remember how I talked about the different of financials with Sleeping Beauty? So... After Sleeping Beauty disappointed at the box office, there was some talk about closing down the animation department at Disney Studio. During the production of 101 Dalmatians, Disney had told an animator, Eric Larson, quote, I don't think we can continue. It's too expensive. Despite this, Disney still had deep feelings towards animation because he had built the company upon it. And Disney would use, uh, no, I think that's pretty much it for that. I didn't separate my fun facts here i apologize i wanted to pause and oh fun facts <laughs> sorry <laughs> what what your thoughts were on that i mean i'm sure disney over overcame lots of challenges but can you imagine if disney had given up the animation department this early on in the game oh my gosh what well, we'd have like theme parks but like they would never evolve <laughs> it would just be like big train sets and boat rides and <laughs> Yeah, so much of who I am as a person is, and I think who a lot of people are, especially people around our age, uh-huh. it is so defined by Disney. Like, like my sense of humor, my taste in music, my sense of right and wrong, my everything is is defined in Disney. And so, one, it's so crazy to think that Disney even exists in the first place. Like the fact that he made a live, uh, not live action, a full length animated film with Snow White in 39 or whatever that was, right? Which sounds like a joke year. It was so long ago. Um, and then the fact that it almost shut down multiple times and that they did propaganda films for World War II. Like everything about Disney should not work. And the fact that it does work and has lasted as long as it did, like the, the whole thing is just insane. Yeah. And like. Oh, yeah. The fact that, like, even the these characters in these movies that are so old are still, like, relevant, uh-huh. at, I mean, you know, in a sense to talk about or watch, right? Like, we, we watch these movies with my kids still. Like, these movies that we've been talking about the last couple months, right? Like... Multi-generational. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I, I, the only other movies that I can really think about outside of Disney that... that stand this test of time would be something like the wizard of oz and i don't know i I, you would have to almost go into like the 80s almost to like really hit another cultural touchstone of like oh action hero movie guy thing but they're not i mean star wars star yeah that hasn't star wars is in the 70s like that's a star wars is a contemporary to now not a contemporary to when Snow White was mm-hmm. made, and yeah. so it's just it's it's crazy when you really think about that. Like it's it's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, all right. What I was gonna keep talking about was the art direction, and I, I had to, I had to reread it a couple times. Um, so sorry if it sounds mechanical when I talk about it. I'm still learning about different forms of art direction, but uh, for 101 Dalmatians, Disney would first use. Um, oh no, it wasn't. It was for Sleeping Beauty. I apologize. Disney would first use the Xerox process for the Thorn Forest in Sleeping Beauty. And the first production to make its full use was Goliath 2, which we're not talking about. For 101 Dalmatians, one of the benefits of the process was that it was a great help towards animated the spotted dogs. Uh, according to Chuck Jones, Disney was able to complete this film for about half of what it would have cost to animate all the dogs and spots. So I think that really helped out with the um, tight budget perhaps that they had and the financial situation Disney was in. Um, So I think, you know, I'll stop there before we do trivia. I don't know uh, if you have any comment on the art direction for 101 Dalmatians. I, I do not like the art direction of 101 Dalmatians. No! I, like, so it's not it's not the dogs or the characters or anything. It's the backgrounds. And uh. I, I don't like this monochromatic, like, half-drawn, half-color. You know, it's not colored correctly. Like, you go into the rooms and the pictures are just, like, 
oh, you see the nice drawing of like a picture hanging on the wall, and then some. It just looks like somebody went with a paintbrush and just went. Psh, oh, there you go. Splash of color to show there's something there. I don't. I don't like it. It bothers me so much. I mean, I'm okay with it because it was a collective theme throughout the entire movie. Like, if yeah, if I someone mean, fully embraces it, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's 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 not like it's a bad art style. And I think they do this in a couple other movies coming up. I think the Aristocats stands out mm-hmm. as a movie that does this somewhat, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the jazz uh, scene. But like. Mm-hmm. Like, and when they're outside too, like it doesn't bother me that much, you know, because like snow and trees and whatever, it doesn't bother me. It's when they're inside, like the scene where they're trying to save the dogs, and uh, when they're in the, uh, the house devil. and the fire is burning, yeah. and they're you know, Horace, Horace and Jasper are like trying to fight off the dogs, and it's just the reds they just clash, and there's curtains. You see the curtains hanging on the wall but like there's like four different colors merging into it and it's not like shaded correctly or you know some of the color sticks out of it it's just it just it really bothers me uh and i know it's it's a art direction that they chose to stick with and that's fine but like and and i know that i am probably on the (laughs) other end of the spectrum for this too like it's a very stylized art direction that they chose and they stuck with it and i just i it does i don't like i don't like it okay any comments from you mark's kind of like holding it in should i go like no, this i i i no 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 no, no. <laughs> i i just there's so much character to this film um and i just i will agree this movie is very dirty um mm-hmm. There's a lot of noise in the background, and there's a lot of unfinished mm-hmm. thought in the background, right? Um, but I just, I think it brings so much character. I think it really brings dirty London to life. Yeah. Um, I think it it really allows the main characters to stand out. Um, and so I just, I, I love everything about this movie. I think this might be one of my top favorite disney films i think it's 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 so everything from the opening like the opening credits um which remind me a lot of the opening credits of monsters inc like from the jazz music to how it's animated to i just i think it's while i'll agree it is messy and imperfect but it's messy and imperfect how jazz is messy and imperfect and so i think i think that that really works for what they're trying to do yeah, I, I I like the I like it's it's not like I said it's not the characters or the way the anim, like the animals or the characters are drawn or anything. I actually like that because and you're gonna see this theme throughout the '60s and early '70s, right? With like Jungle Book and Aristocats and Robin Hood, like they all have that kind of dirty character art style that I actually really like because I I am a big fan of like pencil drawings and that kind of thing it's it's just the the background assets that they have are just not you know i don't know i just i don't like the backgrounds but the characters are fun like i like that dirty character design i don't disagree with you i just really love this movie so i (laughs) it doesn't bother me as much as it as it sounds like it bothers you no i i don't i mean i don't think the movie's bad either it's really just the art background yeah. art that bothers me but the movie's actually like really fun and kind of silly and over the top like Corella's so over the top and Horace and Jasper are idiots you know mm-hmm. it's fun oh, Horace and Jasper are my two favorite idiots but before yeah. we get to talking about characters it's trivia time trivia what TV sh- I also feel like this is kind of a softball. I don't know what's wrong with me. I got to step up my game here. What TV show does the puppies or do the puppies watch with their parents? A. The Adventures of Underdog. B. Rex, Dog Ranger of the North Woods. C. Thunderbolt Adventure Hour or D. Flash the Wonder Dog. I I don't know. I only know the commercial, the Canine Crunchies commercial. Canine Crunchies. <laughs> I love that. Wow, really, guys? I, no, I thought this I would be like 
I know the answer, but I feel like that's annoying because I feel like I say that. Anyway, um, it's Thunderbolt Adventure Hour, right? Corey, do you want to take a guess before I... You know, I'm going to piggyback off Mark and say it's Thunderbolt Adventure Hour. Oh, that's so cheap, Corey. Because, <laughs> ding, 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 you're right, Mark. It's Thunderbolt. I So I... I don't I don't remember that at all, but I remember the announcer like the very like forties fifties radio announcer guy saying like yeah. the word hour. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. but I de- I don't remember any of the other things. I literally just stole that answer from Mark, but I do remember the announce like really yes. old timey radio voice saying the word hour. Radio hour, you know, like right. But I have to and agree. Canine Crunchies was more memorable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the way. Canine Crunchies! (laughs) (laughs) Right. (sighs) Just reminds me of, you know, you know, kids when they're watching something and memorize, you try to get them to bed and they don't want to. But anyway, that was trivia. And look at that. We're already, I don't know how, down to review of our characters. Um, starting at the top, I want to save um, the fun ones for the middle. But first, Roger and Anita, they are the human pets. I just want to preface that I love how the yes. movie opens up where the dogs are referencing their owners as pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, fun. Roger uh, was, or uh, at the start of the movie, a bachelor. Um kind of you know in his own world as most bachelors are and uh pongo is his dog was searching out a mate for him and uh he meets anita which can i just ask a question Mm -hmm. anita is was the former college (laughs) colleagues with cruella (laughs) Cruella went back to get some credit. She didn't finish. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, okay." Cruella's much older than Anita, right? for sure. It's all it's all those long cigarettes she's smoking. Yeah, that smoking kills. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Do you want to look like Anita age, or Cruella? But Cruella mm. smokes, and <laughs> Anita didn't. That's yeah. good. I like that. I like that, yeah. Corey. I mean, overall, I don't have too much to say. I do like how um, Roger kind of antagonizes. Um, Anita when Corella is there, but that's kind of it, you know. Yeah. yeah, I love I love their interactions together. I love how just silly Roger is in a way that I feel like you know I'm kind of silly. Like not, it's like you know he's kind of you know picking at her while she's on the phone with Cruella and Cruella's there and he's writing a song about Cruella and mm-hmm. he's like he's just kind of just poking the bear the entire time and so I, I like his character a lot mm-hmm. yeah they are nice iconic ideals or even may I dare say like married couple yeah they seem very good for each other I don't know mm-hmm. how Anita was okay with a Dalmatian plantation at the end but Bless their hearts. I mean, it's her in idea. an ideal world, it would be cool. No. Right? No, no. not cool. Speaking of 101 Dalmatians and a Dalmatian plantation, did y'all ever collect the 101 Dalmatian Happy Meal toys? Yep. Yes. Those were those and the Teeny Beanie Babies were like the pinnacle of I, McDonald's Happy Meal I toys. I still have. They had 101 individually designed toys we have most of them at my parents house like Ugh. oh my gosh we ate at mcdonald's for like a whole summer it was gross yeah that's probably why i don't yeah. eat mcdonald's now <laughs> but yeah I, I agree with that we would go for mcdonald's it, it was those it was the um teeny beanie babies and then the the just the disney ones that came in the clamshell yeah um the VHS, VHS boxes, box. but they were small. Yes, yeah. and then you open it up, and it's like there's Hercules, right? Yeah, we um, have we have we all would, those too. We would just go from McDonald's to McDonald's through the drive-through, and they'd say, "Do do you have, you know, Mulan?" Yeah, and they'd say, "No," and we go to the next one. Um, my 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 parents just started going and being like, "We will pay for the Happy Meal, but we don't want the food. Just give us the toy." Yeah, 
which which is interesting because I have so many distinct memories of doing that as a kid. And then earlier this year, McDonald's had uh, Mario Kart toys, mm-hmm. and so oh. I took I took my kids to McDonald's and got to experience that as a parent. And we went from McDonald's to McDonald's to try to find all eight of the Mario Kart cars oh wow which oh, no i eventually way. found and then kept for myself but um <laughs> anyway it's just it's interesting how that kind of works yeah oh man oh, i gosh. side tangent i just got back from my vacation last week and i ate at mcdonald's for the first time in like i have no idea probably like 20 years like besides besides breakfast breakfast mcdonald's breakfast doesn't count but like like burger fries mcdonald's and it'll probably be another 20 years before i eat it again <laughs> mcdonald's is not that bad i say this as someone who should probably stop eating things like mcdonald's <laughs> but uh, it's not that bad that's so nice like i need to you know be in touch with like what mcdonald's is giving away because not that i want to introduce thor right now oh and they're not they're not great the, no. thor ones. the mario kart ones are, are pretty awesome did they do something for a while with like Pokemon? They did it. Sure. They've done it a few times, I think. Oh yeah, like probably back in our day, but I mean, yeah, probably more recently too. All right, man, those are some memories. Oh, Remember gosh. when Burger King had the Xbox games? They had Xbox games. Yeah, it was sneaking. It was sneaking. It was big, oh, big bumping, yeah. and it was uh, pocket bike racers. And they were all wow. Burger King characters. Oh my gosh, S- sneaking was the some worst. Pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, they were platform promotions. <laughs> yeah, they were five bucks a piece, but you had to order a combo meal or something to get them. And the girl I was dating at the time, like, she bought me an Xbox 360, Gears of War, and then the three <laughs> Burger King games. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then and uh, now she's your wife. Nope. <laughs> Uh, two months later, we broke up. <laughs> I was like, she's an ex for a reason. Oh, man. That's a story for After Dark, which you can also get two weeks early on Patreon. Oh, boy. I'll have to bring that up. Hmm. All right. Um, the other side of that couple, Pongo and Perdita, the two adult Dalmatian dogs uh, who had, goodness, I'm trying to. I remember the exact number of puppies they had. Was it 15? 15? Yeah. 14? 15 puppies! (laughs) 14. Yeah. We lost one. Yeah, we lost one. Yep. Yeah. We'll call him Lucky. (laughs) Yeah. I was wondering what Roger was doing. I'm like, is he just warming him up? What's happening? But it was so cute. So yeah. so cute. Uh, good times. I you know I love Pongo and Perdita. They're you know. Do- I don't know like what <laughs> I don't know actually we're not sure what else to add. They're just you know parents that will do anything to you know find mm-hmm. their kids and I, I don't know. I actually think the most most interesting characters are not the Dalmatians in this movie. Yeah, like, I mean. Yeah. I mean, like the other dogs, ones like like Lucky and who's the (laughs) the chubby one? Oh, Rolly. Rolly. Yeah, Rolly. Yep. I'm hungry, (laughs) Mama. Right, right. Um, There's some there's some cute ones, but definitely the the ones that stand out are not Dalmatians whatsoever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In particular, my favorite characters um, are just Horace and Jasper. The nanny, she's she's saucy. Yeah. Um, you got cotton in your ears? Yeah. <laughs> and she tried to, you know, she didn't really want to let them in. They kind of bullied themselves in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Horace and Jasper, you got the uh, wise guy. He thinks he's smarter than everyone. And then, the, you know, the other one's, you know, kind of dumb. But he, he said, you know, he tries to say the common sense stuff. Yeah. Um, like... yeah, Horace and Jasper are definitely kind of like maybe the best characters in the, in the movie, uh, in terms of likability, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, just because, like, I don't know. I feel like in this era of movies, whether it's animated or not, the minions of the main villain villain are always, like, the best ones. Like, you think of Peter Pan, Mr. Smee is, like, the best villain, technically. Uh, So, I don't know. I... Horse and Jasper are just so fun, and they they like f- just I don't. They're funny. They're just funny when they fall down, or they kind of get pushed out of the way, or they get pushed Who's down. The or short pudgy one was that Horace? Horace is Horace. the short one. Jasper's yeah. the tall one. I like how Horace um, in a line he goes, "You know, I've been thinking," and Jasper's mm-hmm. like, "You know, who does he says we're not getting paid to think or something like right. that." Mm-hmm. Right. It's. I mean, they the their purpose is to make Cruella Deville Deville not so evil and just seem a little bit bumbling, right? If you've got like, if you've got a woman who's evil and just killing puppies, and there's no like she's not dealing with bumbling sidekicks or whatever, like that's just like straight up hardcore, right? So you've got oh, yeah. <laughs> this, these two like kind of doofus characters who are super endearing to kind of contextualize like well Corella Deville can't be all that smart because she's got these two lackeys who are yeah kind of idiots right mm-hmm. yeah I mean they, they just sit around waiting for you know directions from Cruella remember like they they were just hanging out at the old Corella Deville place just drinking and eating watching TV with the puppies crunchies. <laughs> yeah also, I like how Horace and Jasper drive this big, like, old, beat-up, kind of, like, moving truck or work truck or whatever, and Corella DeVille's car is just this obnoxiously, cartoonishly long <laughs> right. roadster thing. Like, the equivalent, the car equivalent of a cigarette holder. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, just yeah, obnoxious, but also elegant at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. fun. Um, other support characters are just all the animals that have helped uh, the Dalmatians reunite. There's Sergeant Tibbs, the cat. Yeah, Tibbs is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Cap- uh, Captain, I believe he's the horse. The right. Colonel, the bumbling, another bumbling sheepdog, right? Sheepdog. Or whatever he is. Yeah. He's like. <laughs> Yeah. And then when he whoops, he's like, Aroo! yes, yes. <laughs> um, and they translate, you know, dog yips and barks and woofs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a collie. There's a black Labrador. Um, we've got some cows. One iconically named Bessie. Um, yeah, I think that that was very creative and a lot of fun. Um, what's what's that called? The the canine. Twilight Bark? The Twilight, Twilight Bark. Bark, yes, thank you. I thought that was a fun scene because you get to see all different breeds right. of dogs and the kind of owners associated with them. You know, it's very creative. I like that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes in any Disney movie is the scene where you, I'm having a hard time remembering that. I don't know if it's the opening of the film or not, but where you've got. I think it's the beginning of the film, but anyway, you've got the humans that look like they're dogs, and it's just like that's so true, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and it's just like the way they're animated together. And one thing that I really loved about Cruella is they recreate that scene um, very briefly, but they they do it with the I can't really describe it, but it's the one it's it's the image we're all picturing in our head right now that they show during that scene with the woman and her dog with the long hair and they recreate that in in live action. And it's like, just one of those scenes where it's like, like all that was, was animation. It wasn't, there was no acting, there was no script around it. It was just purely animation. It was so well done. Yep. Uh, I I love that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same here. And very true to life, I feel like. A lot of owners look like they're pets. Um, And, of course, we can't forget, you know, Cruella, which we've, you know, touched upon in various ways. But, you know, she she stuck out just from the beginning. Um, I always thought it was kind of funny that she'd call everyone an imbecile, um, though I wasn't too impressed with the fact that my son, oh, fools, she'd also call people fools. And because he saw in 100 Wild Dalmatians, like, 
two years ago as well. And what I learned was that at daycare, he was starting to call everyone fools mm-hmm. at daycare. <laughs> Because, Which on the one hand is pretty fantastic, but also not so much. Yep, yep. It was like on a, like a documentation like form. Like Nikolai was telling his friends that they were fools and to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny though. <laughs> it really is. I I don't know. I'm, I feel hypocritical about this because I I love the way that Corella talks and I love how she calls people fools and imbecile and those are just words that you don't use in real life like I don't know that I would ever call someone a fool as an insult like that's not oh my wife and I call each other fools all the time oh well maybe it's just me but like imbecile is not a word I use right it's just very a product of its time um I get really frustrated when movies do that because like it's for kids and like nobody wants their kids to call someone a fool or an imbecile but like also i don't know i really enjoy that about this character but this is a tangent but i just saw um league of super pets mm-hmm. and that movie has like literal like like one of the characters she's a turtle have you all seen that movie uh, yeah know. okay it's not great but, oh. um there's a turtle in the movie um voiced by natasha leone and um she like literally the character literally says like she says like where the f am i but she says the whole thing and it just puts a beep in there where the beep am i but it lets in the where the beep am i and then twice two other places in the movie she's like well that was bull beep but it like has the little bit of the s and it's like not trying to hide it and like i just don't understand it wow i do that like that's not there's just whatever. So, but anyway, this is me being hypocritical because I love the way Corella talks in this movie and I don't really have a problem with it because that's not really how people talk these days. So, I don't know that. Now I'm definitely not letting my son watch that, even though he has dropped the F bomb once already. So, never mind. Listen, it, the movie is not great as it is. It was actually pretty boring and I, I really didn't like it at all. Um, but that alone, like, made me not and i'm not a prude but i just don't want my kid like i don't know i don't want my yeah, kid no, to talk they, like that. they're gonna learn those words eventually i'm not a prude either i listen to me on after dark i cuss like a pirate but just i don't know it's not necessary you don't right. need to do that right anyway tangent over but um the 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 best part about corella deville being iconic um because it was um a comment or a question from the audience you know what makes them stand out because if you look at like top disney villains i mean maleficent is probably there on top um but i say you know corella is up there as well because in a sense she is kind of more you know more realistic and even though her motive was just skinning puppies for fashion which almost seems kind of ridiculous. Why would you just skin a bunch of cute baby puppies for spotted what? Like, what are you going to make with a bunch of spots? But I think that's just a reflection of, I'm, I'm maybe I'm reaching here, like, you know, just greed and selfishness, um, doing whatever you can with lack of empathy, clearly not valuing uh, animal life, I guess. Um just yeah just basically someone who just does not give a crap about anyone or anything except for herself yeah i i i think she's iconic also because she has a very distinctive look to her right very contrasting like the white and black hair the coat that's like that cream color with the black dress the long cigarette she's got kind of this tall and angular yeah gross looking purplish skin uh you know she's in her laugh yeah right yeah and the way she talks to anita is very kind of you know it's not kind of it's not like you 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 look at someone like you look at someone like the uh evils like the stepmother from uh cinderella or maleficent right they talk very like even though they're loud they're very elegant with their delivery whereas Cruella is very just like I'm the boss get this you know kind of like it's 
I don't know what the right term. Yeah, it's not it's, as it's elegant. Page, she it's it's patronizing. She was Anita, darling. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So. I think I think what makes as we talk about these like villains and stuff, what makes an iconic villain is I think, like, I think style, and and not style in the sense of stylish, but just like they've got like like a complete ownership of and kind of like um just like knowing who they are right and just complete just kind of they have their own style and they have their own way of doing things like cruella is very like kind of over the top elegant and fashionable but she's also like like bare bone like like real skinny like all skin and bones and like there's like a, a little bit of a facade there right like the style to cover up the what she like she's kind of like fake money right um and but that like feeds into her character right this need for for fur to kind of promote this lifestyle that she wants to have and so i think when we look at these really iconic villains is they've got a really unique sense of self and a really unique sense of style and they are who they are whether they're ordering groceries or murdering puppies like they are just who they are and i think that's what makes them so compelling is no matter how you press them and how what situation you put them in they're still the same character and that's what makes them so their characters last for so long is they are really well defined um and i think that goes down to everything from direction to animation to vocal delivery to choice of her smoking the long cigarette um like all, all of those things i think really play into that all right uh am i missing any characters that we wanted to talk about i think we've kind of i mean there, there's not really a lot of characters that have a lot of screen time in here right i mean we talked about all the animal characters and the human characters are just kind of like the five that we kind of see right like six right. i guess uh so I don't I don't think we're missing anything. Uh, the car chase is hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, well let's get right to that favorite uh, moment of the spinning movie. Eyes. Yeah, her spinning eyes. Yeah. I mean, it starts with like the Dalmatians covering themselves in soot, right? And then they climb into the right. back of the truck, which is such a great scene. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And then like the when the water drips on them, and obviously I think what Rolly gets covered in snow, and they have to pick him up and throw him in the right. truck or whatever. Uh, and then she notices and. I mean, the chase scene is hilarious. Like the, tr she, first of all, Cruella doesn't know how to drive. Who, whoever yeah. let her drive is, you know. What I, what I love about the recent Cruella movie is, at one point, she steals that iconic Deville car, um, and she's driving it around, and Horace and Jasper are in the car with her, and she's like hitting, like she's driving in an alleyway, she's hitting the sides of the whatever, and she's hitting all these cars, and they're like, "Do you know how to drive?" And she's like, "No, I never learned." And it's just like that one line was really like talking about how what a horrible driver she really is. Uh, it just was interesting that they did that in the live action movie because she is a really bad driver. Yeah, she like breaks some fences and she like yeah misses the turn at one point, but still tries to make it anyway. It's <laughs> in the spinning eyes, Mark. Like you said, it's just like this, this woman's crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, image found in a lot of memes for sure yeah yeah uh, i liked the i enjoyed the scene where sergeant tibbs had to lead the puppies out of the house just the entire yeah. thing um i think it all the chaos initially started when uh horace was reaching no jasper was reaching over for the bottle of wine or whatever the heck he was drinking and he grabs sergeant tibbs neck yeah and the cat goes Row! and yeah. he does later he just like jumps out of nowhere which cats can do um you know there's just le leading the the puppies everywhere and sergeant tibbs is telling the colonel like i don't have any time sir goodbye sir <laughs> uh, it was just overall like chaotic fun um and then just when Pongo and Perdita saw that there was actually 101 puppies, not just their original 15. Yeah. Uh, and the kind of, well, when I say epic journey to get back, it wasn't, you know. It's like, it's like down the road and over some farmland. Yeah. 
For puppies, it was. It's not like it's not like Homeward Bound, where they travel across half the country. Exactly. I love that movie. What a but, great movie. But I will say, though, speaking of which, I do think the movie overall was well paced. You know, we got mm-hmm. the beginning, um, how the puppies met, had babies, um, int- introduction of Cruella, pretty simple plot device. Um, the kidnapping, the rescue, I just feel like everything kept me engaged the entire time. And it was still like, it was 79 minutes? So yeah, still wasn't terribly a long movie. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, it, it, this is, you know, we, the last time we did, uh, um, Sleeping Beauty and like Sleeping Beauty isn't much longer than this movie, but Mar- you know, Mark brought up that it just kind of felt like man, how long has it been? Are we still watching this type thing? And even though there's right. like great parts in that movie there, it's not like the pacing is not great. Whereas this movie, like it, it was a quick 80 minutes in and out. Like, Oh, okay. Like the, the beginning is a little bit slow, but a lot of these movies from this time are kind of slow at the beginning. But like once you, once Cruella kind of enters the picture and like you, like An- Anita, uh, you know, when they meet each other and then Pongo and Perdita kind of like that's kind of when the movie starts picking up and it never really stops until the end of the movie. So that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't Anything know why I couldn't think. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. What is his name? The main guy, Pongo's pet owner guy. Roger. Oh, Roger. Roger. God. Why did I not? Oh. Anyway, sorry. Oh, good. Um, anything you guys didn't particularly like about the movie? I don't know. Overall, I just thought 101 Dalmatians was extremely solid. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, it's... and I want to say one more thing I like. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, but it's not really <laughs> pertaining to that, but the trailer or the advertisement for the live animated 101 Dalmatians, the way they market it is, is they start off with the animated puppies running down the stairs and then it slowly shifts to real life puppies running down the stairs mm-hmm. and that just made me happy just want to throw that in there yeah every time i see roger i just think of jeff daniels though too. <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah jeff daniels by the way in the live action movie is great too i think he's yeah i mean jeff daniels is great in everything he's in but like yeah you know I just see him. He's a he's a video game designer. I know. I hate that. Part. I hate movie. that part of the movie. But like, <laughs> anytime... I just think that like like what a '90s take, right? I know. How can we update Roger? Oh, he makes video. He makes computer video games. Yeah. So... And the kid, the kid too, <laughs> that's like playing the game. It's just awful right. too. I mean, right. the, the actor isn't awful. Like, I don't know who the actor is or whatever. But the kid, like like the sounds and stuff and him being like real into it is just like, Oh my gosh, make this scene stop, please. <laughs> uh, I do like how they, in the video, in the video game, they use like the assets from the animation. Movie. from the, Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah. They do that in Aladdin too. When the live action Aladdin, they're looking at the map of, of all the kingdoms. They like have a graphic of the genie and it's a blue genie from the, yeah. I like those little touches that yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, you remember we did this animated film? Mm. Mm. Right. Well, if we want to wrap this up with a pretty bow, we could take a look at the definitive, not yeah. so definitive, but let's, definitive ranking. Let's rank this puppy. Oh, <laughs> oh see what you did, see what there. You did there? It's about <laughs> dogs. Oh. So, our current ranking is at the top Cinderella. Followed by Pinocchio, Sleeping Beauty rests, no pun intended, at three, Bambi four, Snow White five, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Lady and the Tramp, and Sad Little Dumbo is still at the bottom. So, um, I actually think I would rank this probably in the Pinocchio Sleeping Beauty range, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Probably, I mean, I would maybe even dare to put it above Cinderella for me I would see it beneath Cinderella and above Pinocchio I feel like Bambi and Sleeping Beauty have the 
beauty in the art, but maybe the story is, you know, kind of surface level. Pinocchio is a classic, very iconic, but I think 101 Dalmatians just really ratches it up a notch mm-hmm. um, and really deserves a place high up in the ranking. I just don't know if it can beat out Cinderella. Yeah, I'm... yeah for me, it would be Cinderella, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. I'm good with that. Right between Cinderella and Pinocchio is great. Perfect. I think I think it belongs there. I I think I think this list, a lot of this list is going to start shifting down as we yeah. move through, especially like the movies with the in the 60s and 70s like I mean like it, we're coming up on movies like Robin Hood, Jungle Book, uh uh Sword in the Stone. Like we're starting to come up yeah. on these great movies and and Man, I'm 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 really excited to get to Jungle Book and Robin Hood. Those are two of my absolute favorite movies. And uh, yeah, I hate to say it, like these are all great movies, but I I envision this all shifting down. Moving. I would actually say Pinocchio down will probably be. I was just going to say. Down. I feel like the top two will stay near the top, mm-hmm. but then we yeah. start to and they'll really kind of. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, villain, right? Cruella. Yeah, we got to talk. I mean, well, we already talked about Cruella, but now we got to size her up compared to who we have already. Um, I, my document crashed. I don't know if you have the villain ranking in front of you, Corey, but if you can stall. I do. I have it. I have it. I have it pinned in the discord. These chats or these uh, rankings as well. Uh, so Right now, our current ranking is the stepmother, evil stepmother from Cinderella, Maleficent, evil queen from Snow White, Hunter slash man from Bambi, Captain Hook, Queen of Hearts, and Honest John. Notice how everything Dumbo related is at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sorry. Dumbo, Dumbo no, doesn't. True. Dumbo doesn't. <laughs> Dumbo doesn't have a villain. <laughs> Racism. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so Cruella DeVille, she oh, is she's iconic. Gotta be, she's gotta she's be gotta the be. top, right? Right. Um, yeah. She, I don't think she compares to the stepmother. Like, she's just awful mm-hmm. in so many ways, like, just rotten to the core. And although Maleficent's not as quote unquote realistic, oh, she, I just, she's gotta get props for being one of the most iconic villains of all time so i would slide her between maleficent and the evil queen from snow white it's close Mm -hmm. but i would put her above the evil queen i agree with that i'd be okay with that all right look at us guys look at us i know it's teamwork makes the dream work of course we'll probably duking it out more when we get to those other movies but uh yeah, We're not there Cruella. yet. It's fine. It's good. Well, as long as we agree that Hunchback of Notre Dame is the best Disney movie hmm. and Frollo is the best Disney villain. Oh, yes, he is. That creepy old man. Yeah, what a perv. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as we wrap up, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, after this, Corey did kind of hint at it. Our next few movies up ahead the Sword and the Stone. I'm psyched for that. I'm excited because the... I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Merlin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Jungle Book and then even Aristocrats. Robin Hood's after that, but that's four movies out. So we, we got a good chunk. We're, we're getting to a very fun era. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that being said, um, let's, re- let's shake things up. Mark, why don't you tell everyone where people can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, except in Pereira, and you can find me on Boss Rush, um, writing stuff about movies. I'm currently doing a, a watch through of all Marvel films, like oh non MCU and MCU. Um, Bless your heart. To, it's to all canon now. It's it's all canon. So right now, well, I'm re I'm re rewatching. Agent Carter, because we just watched that for standard definition. Uh, but I'm about to come up on like the Hulk 70s TV show and wow, all this crazy stuff. Um, so you'll find me there, and um, yeah, I think that's it. All right, Corey, where can people find you? 
You can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on the Boss Rush podcast. You can find me on Nintendo Power Blocks uh, series of shows, I guess we'll say, uh, including the main show and expansion pass and direct recap and all that stuff. Uh, and you can find me right here on Standard Definition on a plethora of series as well. Corey's on a lot of things. I am. We're trying to <laughs> trying to get through it all. People can find me on the internets on Twitter and Instagram at Kleemov underscore author. My articles on bossrush.net, live Wednesday nights on the Boss Rush podcast, and yeah, a sprinkling of other podcasts from time to time, including After Dark. So again, this has been Standard Definition, the Disney edition. Uh, thank you again, and have a great evening. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye everyone.